Coming up, can the Arizona Diamondbacks finish ahead of the San Francisco Giants in the NL West standings? Sully Baseball wants to know. And, of course, we got to discuss that terrible comeback loss by the Colorado Rockies. Breaking it all down for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks, your first listen every day. Not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. We're going to be talking to Sully Baseball in segments two and three about the D-backs versus San Francisco Giants in the standings. I don't know why, but Sully's got a crazy hunch about the D-backs and where they could finish in the standings, so we're going to talk to him about that later in the podcast, but we first got to discuss that D-backs series finale to the Colorado Rockies because the D-backs end up losing this series to the Colorado Rockies. It felt like the D-backs... Um, had a stranglehold on the series when you looked at Sunday's game because the D-backs jumped out to a 5-0 lead on Sunday, courtesy of a David Peralta freight train grand slam in that fifth inning. And after that fifth inning, it just kind of all fell apart for the D-backs. And this was just a super frustrating win. And it's the kind of, excuse me, super frustrating loss. And it's the kind of loss that got D-backs fans calling for Toy Lovello's head. It's the kind of loss that just puts you, it makes you feel like, yeah, we're back to last, we're back to last season if you're a D-backs fan. We're back to just misery and pain, especially caused by the bullpen because Noah Ramirez where it's probably a little bit too early to hand out three moons, but Noah Ramirez is definitely getting a moon of the game because he was terrible in the month of June. He was one of the most untrustworthy relievers out this bullpen in the month of June. And Noah Ramirez, in general, turning into an untrustworthy reliever for the D-backs this season is just one of the many disappointments from this D-backs bullpen because there wasn't a lot of trustworthy guys already, but coming into the year, you felt good about Mark Melanson, of course, all-star closer, D-backs signed, a veteran Ian Kendi, Mantiply, and Nora Mirrors. You're like, okay, we at least got a quartet of guys that we could trust. And now you look up and you're like, oh, it's probably just two guys, Kyle Nelson and Joe Mantiply. Ian Kendi, he's been better recently, but he's still pretty up and down. And we know we can't trust Mark Melanson. But Nora Mirrors, one of the most underrated storylines of a pitcher, just being terrible for this team and it really having a major impact because the D-backs were trying to give Zach Allen a win, something he hasn't gotten a lot so far this season with the D-backs. And he was 
pretty good those first five innings and then everything changed once we got to the sixth inning because CJ Cron has been a beast not just this season for Rockies fans but go look at Cron's numbers from last year like the dude is legit especially when he's playing at Coors Field he's a different monster and he hits two massive home runs in this game and people are upset that we even get to the point where CJ Cron's hitting home runs it's like why didn't you just walk him with an open base you know CJ Cron is the most deadly player in the lineup and for those you know um criticisms for Tori Lovello like they're all warranted even if you criticize Tori Lovello for putting Noah Ramirez in that spot like someone like Sean Poppin who's been way better than Noah Ramirez this season that's probably a good opportunity for him the they're both right-handed pitchers so why wouldn't you go with a guy who's been a little bit better for you this season so there was a lot of questionable decisions by Tori Lovello at the end of this game I think there's been a lot of questionable decisions by Tori Lovello pretty much every season since he's won manager of the year award I think he's kind of used the the NL manager of the year award in 2017 kind of as his shield for criticism a little bit I mean at least that's how I feel because personally I mean we know Tori Lovello's in the final year of his contract and I've talked about this before on the pod like I'm not a big Tori Lovello fan and I think I would be okay if the DE backs decide to move off of Tori Lovello this offseason and go in a different direction and maybe they should look at you know someone younger maybe someone who's a little bit unproven that you could kind of mold and shape as this D-backs organization molds, shapes, and evolves as well because we know this is a pretty young franchise. Most of the stars are, be- are going to be pretty young. We got the Corbin, Carrolls, the Jordan Lawlers. Like overall, this team is pretty young, and so maybe it's time after this season to get a manager that can relate to the players a little bit more. Maybe someone in their early 40s, late 30s, get you someone who's maybe a, a late stage millennial, or I guess it would be a early stage millennial because you know if they're millennial but you want them on the back end of being a millennial that would be like in their 40s maybe so um maybe the d-back should go in that direction but i'm definitely off the toy lavella bandwagon i've kind of been since the 2020 season i just don't like a lot of the, the decisions toy lavella makes i feel like when it comes to player development as well toy lavella doesn't do a good job there either so when you look at this d-backs game this comeback loss like it was a microcosm of all of that the d-backs take an early five nothing lead it feels like they have a string of hold on the game and then zach gallon gives up a three-run home run the cracks in the foundation are starting to be exposed and then the bullpen blows it toy lavelle is making bad decisions left and right and overall the d-backs go on to lose this game six to five and it's a very frustrating d-backs loss and now we're like hey are we back to having another repeat 2021 season so Now, after discussing our misery, let's hand out the three moons of the game because after wins, we like to hand out three stars of the game. That's something we do in hockey after Coyotes games, and I want to do it for after D-backs wins. But after losses, you got to do the opposite of handing out stars, and I think moons are opposite of stars. So these are the three players who could have made an impact or just faltered in the biggest moments of the game and so for me the first moon of the game has to go to Nora Maris who of course basically blew the game open for the Rockies by allowing that second home run by CJ Cron her three-run shot Nora Maris doesn't even record an out in his 11th pitch outing disgusting job by Nora Maris he takes a huge piece of the blame pie the second moon of the game I'm actually going to go for the first time, not give it to a player and give it to Toy Lovello just because of some of the decisions he made in this game. I just did not like some of them. Um, Of course, everything we've discussed already with his decision making in this game, I just wasn't a huge fan of. So I got to give Toy Lovello um, 
Amun in this game as well, just because this was not the best managed game by Toy Lovello. Then I think the last moon of the game probably has to go to like, eh, this one's a little bit tougher, but maybe I'll give to Perdomo just because he didn't do much offensively, only one for four, no RBIs. He didn't strike out or anything, but felt like there was probably more impactful players at the top of the lineup than a Perdomo. Everyone kind of did a little bit of everything today. Perdomo probably did maybe the least. I mean, he did have a stolen base, but uh, it, it was tougher to find that third moon of the game. Maybe give it to Zach Gallon for giving up that home run in the end, but definitely two moons of the game are going to Noah Ramirez and Toy Lovello. Now, Sully wants to ask me if the D-back can finish ahead of the Giants in the NLS standings. I know it's a crazy question, but we got to answer it for Sully Baseball. But I'm hoping the D-backs can actually get a boost when they play the Giants because that's who they play next. And if you need a boost to start your day, you need to try the Built Bars because Built Bars are absolutely delicious. They're low calorie, they're low sugar. And the reason why I love them is because they trick me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. And right now they got these things called the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, which is just one of the best flavors I've ever eaten. So if you want to get your own Built Bar package, just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB Locked On Diamondbacks crossover for Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. For those of you who are British, I hope you're celebrating the last day you own this place. Oh. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I am normally the host of Locked On MLB by myself, but every week I get together with my buddy right over there. That's Miller Thomas, the host of Locked On Diamondbacks, and we discuss the events of baseball and try not to make anyone mad. We're going to be breaking down some things today, including the potentially gigantic contract for someone who was born the same year as Miller Thomas. I'm saying uh-huh. this guy might be, for now, doing better than Millard financially, but Millard's going to have some time to catch up. We're also going to be talking about the team that won the most games in baseball last year and are now on the outside looking in of an expanded postseason. Also, we have some other topics to talk about, including, is the American League already sewn up? It almost looks that way. Can the Yankees win 120 games? It'll be a stretch, but not as big as a stretch as you'd think it would be. And some other random thoughts that we haven't even thought of yet. But because of the way that we have our show, we sometimes go down certain paths. We'll try to keep this under four hours. Hey, Miller Thomas, where can people follow you? Hey, follow me on Twitter. My personal account is at CreatorThomas24. You can see it there if you're following us on YouTube or just type in Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram in that little search bar. I'm sure you can find the podcast handle. And you can find me, uh, find this podcast at Lock.MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram and on Twitter. I'm your pal Sully, as you can see right down there. My Twitter handle is Sully Baseball, and I'm on Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast. Um, we're going to break down a couple of things, but you are the host of Lockdown Diamondbacks. I've gotten accused 
of focusing too much on big market teams. Mm -hmm. You know, like I did a whole shows recently on the Orioles and the Twins. So naturally, I'm just East Coast, you know, focused. I do want to bring up a question about the Diamondbacks in comparison to one of their division rivals. Now, this is a bit of a long shot, but a lot less of a long shot than it appeared to be at the beginning of the year. As we're recording this, the Diamondbacks are winning and the San Francisco Giants are losing. What is the possible if, if those scores hold up mm-hmm. only was it how many games will separate? It'll be like five games, I think, will separate Arizona from San Francisco. What are the chances the Diamondbacks could finish ahead of mm. the division champion from last year who won 107 ball games? What are the chances that Arizona? who, while not a, a great team, mm-hmm. are certainly moving their way up. What could they do? To, could they pass San Francisco? Uh, I don't I don't love those chances. If you asked me this question three weeks ago, four weeks ago, before the month of June, I might have been on the same boat with you because at that point, they were like maybe three games behind San Fran. Like they were really close in the standings. And at certain points, like we were breathing down the neck of San Francisco. But this past month of June has been terrible for the D-backs. Their offense has been bad. Their pitching hasn't been great either. And now you look at the D-backs like, yeah, I think they're like six games back in the standings. And I, I'm just not too sure. I'm not sure I believe in this D-backs team. I, I've recorded pods this past week saying we need to recalibrate our expectations it's probably time to stop looking at that wild card race and just it's time to really start focusing on the youth and maybe if some guys increase their trade value maybe we become sellers at the deadline we've discussed maybe massive bum garner david peralta is on the final year of his contract maybe someone like christian walker i don't think i would move christian walker just because he's so cheap and he's still like only 30 years old so i wouldn't move oh him, you gotta I, keep christian christian yeah. you gotta keep someone positive on your team good lord yeah. you can't pull a cincinnati reds you know, and just and just sell everyone off, and that yeah. that'd be a disaster. Yeah, I don't think moving Christian Walker would be smart, but someone like Madison Bumgarner and David Peralta, I think those would be le- legitimate trade candidates for another team to move. We would want to get off that Madison Bumgarner money, and we got a ton of young pitching in their minor leagues that we could call up. We got a ton of young outfielders too if we move David Peralta. So I think the D backs, I, I don't really love their chances of surpassing the Giants in the standings because I think the Giants are going to do a lot more to try to improve their team over the next couple of months and maybe even be buyers at the deadline while I think the D-backs are probably going to go the opposite way with their mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, with that that being said, mm-hmm. um, the San Francisco Giants, the team of my father, um, who had a spectacular year last year and got a, a lousy called third strike to torpedo their playoff hopes last year, um, they're getting a good season out of Jock Peterson. They're actually getting a very good season out of Jock Peterson. They're not getting the same production they would have hoped out of Belt and Yastrzemski. Uh, Gonzalez is hurt. Crawford is hurt. They're getting very good pitching. Webb has pitched very well. Rodon has pitched very well. Wood has pitched okay. I mean, uh, recently he's pitched pretty poorly. Cobb pitched well recently. Junis has pitched well, but he's hurt. Disclafani has pitched well, but or, no, he's, he's, he's hurt now. He pitched well last year. But the my goodness, this team can't hit. They are losing games. They're losing. You know, I know many, many giant fan friends through my times in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they're at a loss because last year, all, every ball dropped in, mm-hmm. every pitcher contributed, and I guess you saw how fragile it was. I thought they were going to have a regression, but a regression from a one hundred and seven win. 
you know, season could still be in the mid nineties. They don't look, they, they look like they're going to be low eighties right now. Sully and I will discuss more about the Giants versus D-backs, but I know if I had to bet on who's going to finish higher in the standings, it would probably be the San Francisco Giants, unfortunately. If you want to place that bet as well, just head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, and betonline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Now, you you did make a great point that the the time while the uh, Giants have had a bad month, the uh, Diamondbacks have said, "Hold my beer." Yeah, uh, and um, and are making uh, making a great run for. I mean, they've they had a they had a very good. Um, I mean, they had a good May. They had a winning May. The Diamondbacks did. I think they were Stop. ten and twelve in May. They were like right near five hundred. It was a positive May though. But like they've been bad in June, um, they've been they've been plumb bad in June. Or May they were good. It was the first month they were ten and twelve. May they were yeah. Good. But you know they were at they were at even they were at a winning record in late May. Let's see what was the mm-hmm. last time they were above five hundred. I'm here at baseballreference.com, single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. Yeah. Um, they were above five hundred last. It was probably in, like in in late May. Yeah, it was probably like two games above 500, something like that. Yeah, in late May, they were above 500. And uh, after that day, and and visions of wild card dancing in Arizona's yeah, head. That was me. I thought, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was know. checking and the after- tab, Sully. We were on the pod. I'm like, hey, first time today, I checked the tab, looked at the standings, and we were close to the Giants um, right back then. But, and since then, they've had the worst yeah. record in the National League. Okay. <laughs> oh, is, um, is it? Is It might be. I don't uh, think yeah, yeah. It's, but since then... They're they're if if they win today they'll be thirteen and twenty one since then, um, and the Cubs were fourteen and twenty two. So, yeah, that's uh, oh, that's wow. not good. That's ah, not good. That that hurts my yeah. spirit. I didn't know that, Sully. You didn't have to break it down for me like that. And the Giants have been even five hundred. So, yeah, I guess this. But you know what? Here's but here's another deal. I'm going to keep throwing deals at you. Okay. What's all right. Now? We've established and we've talked about this and we've brought this t- this subject up. There's I mean, we're there's just basically we're early July, t- and to paraphrase Mayor Vaughn in Jaws, for Christ's sakes, tomorrow is the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we're looking up at it's the Fourth of July, and most of the teams have been decided whether they're going to be in the playoffs or not. There's really only a question of one or two, which means, and I think this is something when we're taking a look, and we'll get to the Yankees. And their their potential, you know, trek to win 120 games. How many hundred win teams we're going to have this year? Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have at least two in the American League and several in the National League again. Um, if the Cubs, I don't know who the have the Cubs have left to trade, but the Cubs, Pirates, Reds, Rockies, uh, Nats, and Marlins all start throwing bodies over the side of the boat. 
um, you're going to be playing minor league teams. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a mediocre team like the Diamondbacks, you're probably going to win a bunch of games because mediocre is better than terrible. And there's going to be a bunch of games where the Diamondbacks are going to be playing in the National League, and there are plenty of interleague games. There's going to be plenty of teams, you know, you know, cut and bait. You know, I think there's a real chance if the Diamondbacks don't trade Christian Walker, I think it would be smart for them to deal Bumgarner to a get out of that salary, but also so many teams could say, hey, you know, Bumgarner is one of the best postseason pitchers of the last, you know. You know, a few decades, mm-hmm. and you're not asking for a full season from him. You're just asking for a postseason from him. If I were a team like, if I were a team like Minnesota, I would, I would push, I would, I would send a blue chip prospect. I would huh? send a top prospect. Huh? This re- no, no, let me explain to you why. Ooh. Again, this is an example of just of 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 uh, uh, something coming up as we're talking. Think about what this means to Minnesota. Why this year is so important. They're in first place. They have Carlos Correa, could, who could opt out during the World Series parade. So they've pushed their ch- – and the White Sox are disappointing. So like the Red Sea parting, the Central has opened up to them in a way that nobody was expecting, which means that they've got Correa for one year. He's having a very good year. We all know he's going to opt out. He would be stupid not to opt out. And he's going to get a massive contract. Maybe returning to the Twins. Maybe returning to the Astros. Maybe going to the Mets. I don't know where he's going to go. But the fact of the matter is, I know he's not going to the Mets, everyone. Don't write me. You know, I'm getting enough hate mail. But um, the Twins have to look at this year as, hey, everything's coming together for us in a way that we were, we were not expecting. And so to get a Bumgarner who is not the, the regular season Bumgarner, but saying you get someone like him for the postseason, someone who stared down and has never blinked in the postseason. You can't point to a postseason where Bumgarner has not come up big. Even in 2016 where the Giants wound up losing to the Cubs, Bumgarner threw the complete game shutout in the wild card to, to beat the Mets. You know, he had the 2014 where he was brilliant. He had 2012 where he got some huge games. And as a rookie in 2010, October is his month. Yes, it's been a while since he's had one, but maybe he'd love to get back, you know, get back to the, the, uh, to the uh, uh, spotlight. Yeah. So if you're Minnesota and you know everything's relying on this year, oh, we got this great prospect for a couple of years down the line. It's all like 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 the, like an eclipse is lining up for 2022 that if they have their bullpen is really good, they have an offense that's really good, they got one more big pitcher to put into that rotation to maybe pull off an upset over Houston or New York in the postseason. I roll them bones. Sully, before hopping on the pod, we were talking off air. You said you were sleeping all day, taking naps, and I'm not sure if you're fully awake yet. Why why am I wrong? Why am I wrong about Minnesota? If I'm Mike Hazen and Minnesota's offering me a blue chip prospect for Massive Bumgarner, I'm turning down. I'm shutting up the phone if I'm Mike Hazen because I would feel like I'm taking advantage of Minnesota if I did that. If I'm Minnesota, I am not giving up a blue chip prospect for Massive Bumgarner. I'm telling you, if you take Madison Bumgarner away from Brent Strom, he's not going to be that effective. 
him. I've seen enough of Madison Bumgarner the first two years, and he's been really good this year, but I think it's the Midas touch of Brent Strom that's keeping Madison Bumgarner together and just giving him this life right now that we see this season because uh, there was nothing those first two years in Arizona. Even those last couple years in San Fran, you could see the decline of Madison Bumgarner, and players of Mad Bum's caliber of where he is in his career, they just don't go for blue-chip prospects. Like That would just be an all-time fleece by the D-backs. Like, they traded Eduardo Espar last year for Cooper Hummel and some other prospect. Like Every time the D-backs make a deal, they get back like a terrible package. So if we were somehow able to get a blue-chip prospect from Aston Bumgarner, like, I would get on my knees and start praying to Mike Hazen because that would, that, would, that would be blasphemous for Minnesota to do something like that. I honestly just don't think it's even possible. So for D-backs fans... Don't get your hopes up because if Madison Bumgarner gets traded, I promise you it would not be for anyone that's even probably a Major League Baseball player. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Shout out Sully Baseball. We've got part two coming with Sully Baseball tomorrow where we discuss the New York Yankees and can they win 120 games? Discussing that tomorrow. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day Lockdown MLB Prospects with Prospect host Lindsey Crosby, also a friend of the pod, walking baseball encyclopedia, prospect encyclopedia, I should say, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, deuces.